You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Oh, uh, it's over here. No, 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 no. Ah, shoot. Here, watch again. Waggle, waggle, waggle. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Waggle, waggle. Oh, it's a long waggle. Okay, okay. So, it's over here. No, not the junk closet. Ah, ow, <sighs> Double shoot. Oh, hey, that's where my rubber penguin was. Uh, hey, Sandin and Manica, that's quite a mess you're making. Oh, hey, Molly. Hey, Piercy Joy. Hey, Harlan. What exactly are you looking for? Manica hid a bouquet of flowers. And I'm telling Sandin where to find it using my bee dance. Waggle, waggle, buzz, y'all. Oh, yeah, I've heard some bees can give each other directions to the location of flowers using a special kind of bee dance. Yeah, they give directions based on the angle of the sun and the distance to the flowers. It's super cool. Exactly. We're practicing our bee direction dances so we can earn the bee navigation badge for our bee squad troop. Bee squad? What's that? It's a nature skills group based on the brilliance of bees. Oh, oh, let's do the pledge. Okay, a bee squad cadet is friendly, not sour. A bee cadet knows that small things have great power. A bee cadet makes the most of each hour. And takes care of the earth, especially especially flowers. flowers. We're still larva cadets. But we're working our way up to bumblebee besties, and then one day, the The pollinator pollinator posse. Whoa, sounds like a cool club. Yeah, and I gotta say, I totally dig those yellow and black uniforms. Well, good luck getting that badge, you two. We're gonna go tape an episode. Be excellent to each other. And pollinate on, dudes. Welcome to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm your host, Molly Bloom, and with me today are siblings Piercy Joy and Harlan from Austin, Texas. Hi, you two. Hi. Hi. So today we're all abuzz about bees. And Harlan and Piercy Joy, I know you know bees super well. Can you tell us how you know bees so well? We actually have our own bees on our property. So can you describe, Harlan, what the hives look like? They are big boxes, but they have like three boxes. Um, and then it's, it's stacked into one. So like three separate boxes in one bigger box? Yes, kind of. And when you look inside, how many bees does it look like? More than a hundred. Yeah, probably more than a hundred. More than a thousand, probably. It's a lot. So when you have a collection of hives like that, it's called an apiary. So how long have you had an apiary? Six, uh, I think six years. Wow, so almost pretty much your whole lives. So do you help take care of the bees? Yes. Yes. What kind of stuff do you help out with? You go first, Piercy Joy. Well, we um, help keep the bees off the porch when we're doing the honey because we have to close the screen door so that they can't get to us. Uh, when we do go get the honey, we, we have to use the smoker so that they calm down. Do you ever get stung? Yes, I've gotten stung by a bee in my pool. I've gotten stung in the bee yard twice. 
Everyone thinks they're super dangerous, but their stings don't hurt that bad. And some people think that their job is to sting you, but really that's not their job. Right. Stinging is not what they're about, right? They actually die after they sting someone, so they'd rather not. So it is not in their best interest to sting you at all. Mm -mm. And uh, can you tell me what we're hearing in the background right now, Harlan? Roosters. My my rooster, Tomato, and then his his little partner, my sister's rooster, Sunrise. Uh, how many other animals live with you? We have nine chickens. Two of them are roosters. <laughs> we have two goats, um, and a, a dog, dog and a cat. cat, and as you know, bees. So do you think of the bees as your pets? They're my many, 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 thousand many sisters. So how do you think of them? Do you think of them as your pets or your family? I think that they're kind of cute, but I don't think of them as my pets or my sisters. Well, today's topic was inspired by this question. Hi, my name is Eloise from North Bay, Ontario. My question is, why are bees important? So how would you two answer this question? Why are bees important? Without the bees, um, flowers wouldn't get pollinated, and so, and so bees wouldn't make honey. And without bees, it'd be hard to grow crops as well. Yeah, bees are important for a lot of different reasons. And it turns out that bees are so important that we actually need two episodes to tell you why. In this first episode, we're going to start with some bee basics and tell you about life in a hive. Our second episode will cover the wonders of pollination. So let's start with some bee facts. Can we get some buzzworthy music? Bees are found on every continent except for Antarctica. Yeah, bees haven't mastered polar fleece technology yet. Bees evolved from wasps. So bees and wasps are different. You might think some wasps are bees because some species of wasps, like hornets and yellow jackets, look kind of like the yellow and black bees. But they're not bees. Wasps get their protein by eating meat, which means they're carnivores. Bees, on the other hand, they get their protein from pollen which is a sticky powder found on flowers. There are a few bees that eat dead animal flesh, but they're super uncommon compared to the pollen gatherers. Bees also have special hairs to help them gather pollen. That's right. Their hairs are branched. That means under a microscope, each hair splits off in different directions at the end, kind of like the branch of a tree. This helps more pollen stick to them. That makes bees super important. One third of all the food we eat is pollinated by animals. That means an animal visits a flower, gets pollen on it, and carries it to another flower. This lets a plant grow things like fruits and nuts. And here in North America, a whole lot of that pollination is done by bees. Without them, humans and other animals might starve. So be thankful for our itty bitty busy buzzy buddies. We're going to talk more about pollination in our next episode. There's a lot to say about... Oh, hey, you guys are still taping. Yeah, we're actually right in the middle of... Oh, don't worry, Molly, you won't disturb us. No, I think you're disturbing us. We're about to earn another B-Squad badge. Neat, I want to see that. 
Great, because I told our squad counselor to meet us here for the test. What's this badge for? Busting bee myths. It turns out there are a lot of bogus bee facts buzzing about, and it's up to bee squad cadets to swat them down. Cool. Oh, she's here. Are my wings on straight? My name is Sheila Cola. I'm an assistant professor and conservation biologist at York University in Toronto, Canada. And today I will be your B-Squad counselor. Oh man, I hope I studied enough. All right, B-Cadets, let's do some B-Myth Busting. We're totally ready, squad leader Sheila. All right, Sandin, bust a B-Myth. Okay, okay. Oh, one myth is that bees are all social creatures that live in hives and work in groups. In reality, there are over 20,000 different types of bees, and only a small number of them live in big groups together and serve a queen. The rest live by themselves and lay eggs alone, maybe on a branch or in a small hole in the ground, not in a hive. Oh, oh, and most bees don't make honey. That's right. So when people think about bees, they often think of like beehives and honey, but most of our bees are solitary. They don't live in hives. It'll just be one female laying eggs that will hatch later in the year or the next year. Almost none of our species make honey and store honey and a very small proportion of bees live in hives. So like bumblebees do and honeybees do, but that's like less than 10% of the total number of bee species out there. Yes, got it. Nice work. Way to buzz, Sandin. Your turn, Manika. Bust another bee myth. Oh, oh, okay. Um, okay, I got one. A bee myth is bees are always black and yellow. In reality, some bees are black and yellow, but a ton of them aren't. They have a lot of different styles and colors and sizes. And a lot of times when people see a black and yellow bug with wings, what they're really looking at is a yellow jacket wasp, which isn't a bee at all. Yeah, great job. We have green bees and blue bees and orange bees, all sorts of different colors and shapes and sizes. Excellent job, Manika. Thanks, Sandin. One more bee myth busted. Yes. Okay, our final bee myth is... That all bees can sting. Sure, bees are famous for their stingers, but plenty of bees don't actually sting. And male bees never sting. Stingers evolved from a bee part called an ovipositor. And that's a structure that only females have. They use it to lay eggs. Male bees don't have this, so they can't sting. But there are plenty of species of bees where the female never evolved the stinger either. The ones that do sting tend to be those that live in hives because obviously they need to protect that delicious honey. Did we get it? Yeah, that's right. Yes! Awesome! Way to go! We did it! Woo! Good job, B-Squad. Here are your myth-busting badges. Yay! Waggle, waggle, buzz! Yes! One step closer to the Pollinator Posse. Nice job, you two. Those were some super sneaky bee myths you busted. Yep. Now, can we please have our studio back? Oh, of course. We'll buzz right off. Buzz, buzz, bye. This seems like a good time to pollinate your ears with some sneaky audio. It's the... Harlan, Piercy Joy, are you ready? Yes. Yes. All right. Here it is. (laughs) 
Whoa. I think we should hear that one more time. It's pretty short. I'm going to give you a little hint just to start that this does not have to do with bees and honey. It's one a listener sent to us. So what are your guesses? Let's start with you, Piercy Joy. It kind of sounds like um, since we, as Harlan mentioned, we have a pool, um, when the water is sucking in to filter it, it kind of sounds like that. But I don't know. It kind of has that like a crunching Mm -hmm. sound to it. Excellent thinking. Harlan, what do you think? It sounds like uh, like something spinning and then crunching a piece of salad. Like mm. a salad spinner. Mm, love it. Very good guess. Well, we're going to listen to it again and find out the answer a little bit later in the show. So make like honey and stick around. We're working on an episode all about siblings, and we want you to be in it. Are you a middle child, or maybe the oldest, or youngest? Or maybe you're an only child. Whatever your status, tell us what's good and bad about it. Harlan, what's it like to be the middle child? That if one of my sister gets mad at me and uh, they don't want to play with me, I can just play with my other sister. That's pretty great. And Piercy Joy, how do you feel about being the older sibling? I like it because you, I get more responsibility. It's fun. <laughs> I like it a lot. I'm an oldest sibling too. It is pretty fun. We want to hear your experiences too, listeners. Record them and upload them at brainson.org slash contact. You can also send us mystery sounds and questions. Like this one. I'm Maria and I'm five. Why do beehives look like um, hexagons? We'll answer that at the end of the show. Plus, we'll make a big buzz over the latest group to join the Brains Honor Roll. And we're excited to tell you about our book. It's called Brains On Presents It's Alive, From Neurons and Narwhals to the Fungus Among Us. It's super fun and full of facts. We're also doing some virtual events to celebrate the book. If you want to attend, hang out with me, Mark, and Sandin virtually, guess some mystery sounds and some other fun stuff, head to brainson.org slash events. You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly. I'm Harlan. I'm Piercy Joy. And I'm Manika. Molly, guess what? Another bee badge? Almost as good, but different. The new season of Arhoth comes out this week. Finally. Uh, Arhoth? Oh, it's an acronym, R-H-O-T-H. It stands for Real Honeybees of the Hive. It's the best reality TV show. It takes you straight into the lives of honeybees. Wow, you guys have really gone all in on bees. You've got to watch it, Molly. But but don't jump right into the new season, which is Fall in the Hive. You'll be <laughs> so confused. Here, let me find a recap of the bees' summer season first. Our favorite Real Honeybees recapper is Sarai Stewart. She's an actual researcher. Or a bee searcher. She's at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. She'll catch you right up. Here's what happened on the last season of Real Honey Bees of the Hive. The bees of the hive have been working tirelessly to keep the hive growing and thriving. So first, let's meet the real honeybees. 
The three kinds of honeybees that we see in the hive are queens, drones, and of course, the workers. Beatrice is the queen bee. I'm Queen Beatrice. My tagline, the eggs aren't going to lay themselves. Her entire role is to lay eggs. Beethan is a drone bee. Chilling around the hive is a skill. I got that chill skill. That's a Beethan trademark, but I'll let you play it for free. In the summer season, Beethan doesn't do a lot inside of the colony. Bianca is a worker bee. Me and all my worker sisters, we do the most around here. People say, Bianca, how do you get so much done? And, well, some of us are just talented. Worker bees are the motor that keep the hive running because they perform so many different duties. So let's start with Beatrice and Bianca. Queen bees in the summer are constantly laying eggs around the clock. Okay, Queen Beatrice, we're ready for your egg over here. Here's the empty cell for you. Okay, on my way. Queen Beatrice, do you ever wonder why we call the hexagonal cubbies in our hive cells? Nope, I just lay eggs in them. Okay, well, that's a larger cell, so we'll have you lay a drone egg there, my queen. Bianca, I know. I always measure before I lay an egg. I laid your egg and the eggs that became all your sisters in smaller cells. Now less talking and more cleaning. Queen Beatrice, do you ever get tired of doing the same thing day in and day out? I'm tired of cleaning and I've only been doing it since I left my cell three whole days ago. Yeesh. This generation of worker bees has the shortest attention spans. You'll change jobs soon enough, Bianca. Until then, keep cleaning. So the next task in a worker bee's life is nursing the brood. And this often happens after about five days in the hive. Hello, baby bees, you cute little brood of our hive. It's snack time, and you know what's on the menu? Brood food. It's kind of like a nutritious milkshake. I made it for you in the glands inside of my head. Here, I'll leave some in your cells for you and you and... Oh, you're a special bee baby, aren't you? You're going to grow up to be a queen. So I'm feeding you a special food called royal jelly. I made it special for you in my glands. And wow, you have a big appetite. Wow. (sighs) This nursing gig is so much more satisfying than cleaning. I didn't change jobs because of my attention span. It's what I'm meant to do as a worker. Forget what Queen Beatrice said. Anyways, you baby queen, you're going to be a way queenier queen one day. So in the summer season, the queens and the workers are all very much working towards growing the numbers in the hive. Time for a quick break. Be right back. Okay, Piercy Joy and Harlan, you ready to give that mystery sound another go? Sure. All right, here it is again. I still hear that sucking sound. Mm-hmm. Now it sounds like somebody's slurping spaghetti. Ooh, excellent. You ready to hear the answer? Yes. This is Maddie, Zach, and Margot. We're from Alaska. This is the sound of a sockeye salmon being filleted. We hear this sound a lot in Alaska because we fish for our own salmon. So yes, after you catch a fish and you prepare it to eat, you are filleting it. So they are actually taking the skin off of the salmon and are getting ready to cook it. That is... Wow. 
Unbelievable. Yeah. So it is connected to food. You guys were right. You had salad, spinner, spaghetti. So something to eat, but it's a fish. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been fishing before? Yes. We went to Montana a few, I think a few months ago. I caught a, I forget the name of it. Yellowstone cutthroat. Yeah. Very cool. Next up, my favorite scene of the season. Hey, Bianca. Oh, wait. Are, are you sleeping? What? What? Uh, who's there? Uh, beef, and I was resting. Worker bees rest in short bursts throughout the day. Oh, sorry. I couldn't tell because you look the same. Like, your eyes were open. Yeah, my eyes don't close. And yours don't either, Beethan. We don't have eyelids. But some of us have actual jobs to do besides sitting around the hive, hanging out, and eating honey. Okay, I get it. Like, everyone thinks drones like me are lazy. Yeah, do you know how many jobs I've had while you were just hanging out with your drone bros? I cleaned, then I took care of baby bees, then I tended to our queen, then I started receiving nectar deliveries, then I cleaned more, then I made more wax to build our home. I didn't ask for your resume. You know what I have to do one day, Bianca? What, Beethan? Eat more honey? No. One day, me and all the other drones, we have to fly out of our cozy hive into the great unknown and try to find a queen from another hive to mate with. Then she'll start a whole new colony. It sounds so difficult, but I have to do it so that our hive can live on in future generations of bees. It's a lot of pressure. Oh, wow. Yeah, that that does sound kind of overwhelming. Do you want me to get you some honey? Yeah, thank you. That would be so nice. That's what I originally wanted to ask you, to be honest. All you workers run the honey show around here, so I kind of need your help to find the honey and stuff. Overall, this is my favorite season yet. Let's all say our favorite thing from the summer so far. Queen Beatrice, you go first. Okay, I loved laying you and your sister's eggs. You've actually all made me so proud. Oh, Queen Beatrice, I loved making you proud. I actually can't decide what my favorite job was. I loved all my jobs. I think you guys pretty much know this, but my favorite thing was when workers fed me honey. Uh, I'm sad I have to leave the hive to go find a mate, but I'm so glad I got to spend part of the season with you. Oh, Beethan. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, good luck out there. Real honeybees of the hive forever. We'll meet new worker bees in the winter season. I can't wait. We did it! We got our next badge! We're in the Bumblebee Besties now! Awesome! Yeah, congrats! Thanks. We passed our final test with the best score possible. Yeah, a B! Next, we're going to work on leveling up to join the elite ranks of... The Pollinator Posse! Yeehaw! We're going to study with some treats at Froyo Fortress. I'm going to get the root beer moat float. Come meet us there after the show. Sure, where is it? Take two waggles and a buzz past 5th Street. See you there. There are lots of different kinds of bees. Some make honey and live in hives, but many don't. But all bees gather pollen. For bees who live in hives, the queen bee lays all the eggs. 
Drone bees are the male bees who will leave the hive to mate with a new queen. And worker honeybees do all kinds of jobs around the hive. That's it for this episode. Next week, more buzz about bees. We'll talk more about pollination and why it's so important. Brains On is produced by Mark Sanchez, Sanon Todden, Molly Bloom, and Manika Wilhelm. Many, many thank yous to Megan Brown. We also had production help from Christina Lopez and engineering help from Johnny Vince Evans. Special thanks to Micah Kielbon, David Ja, and Elissa Dudley. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio podcast. Your support allows us to keep making more episodes. You can support the show at brainson.org slash fans. Now, before we go, it's time for the moment of, um, why do bees hives look like, um, hexagons? Hello, my name is Dr. Jessica Kevill and I work at the University of Minnesota where I research honeybee viruses and also other animal viruses. So the honeybee needs to build the honeycomb because they need a space to be able to store their honey. One average honeybee will make one twelfth of a teaspoon of honey and it takes two tablespoons of honey to make one ounce of wax. So the honeybees will need a lot of honey and uh, this will require a lot of work from the worker bees in terms of flower visits and bringing back nectar to the hive and then converting that into honey. Because it's so expensive in terms of honey to build the wax, what the honeybees have done is they they have had to design a really efficient system. And um, one way that they've done this is by building these hexagon shapes because it requires the least amount of wax material to build for the maximum amount of strength to be able to store the honey. And not only do they build their hexagonal shape to store their honey in, they build them on a slight angle so that the honey can't drip out of the honeycomb. So the bees are pretty clever, like they're trying to minimize waste in drippage and maximize the amount of storage space that they have using as, as little amount of wax as they can. So this um, hexagon structure is actually so effective in terms of material usage and honey storage that we have actually started using honeycomb structures in materials that we need to be strong. So we use them for building bridges, that the sheeting that goes on the outside of the aeroplane, the material that makes that is made from hexagonal shapes. So this is just the best shape in nature that the honeybee could find to be able to store its honey without the, the wax all collapsing or the honey all dripping out. Um, um, um. These beautiful listeners are our favorites. It's time for the Brains Honor Roll. These are the amazing listeners who keep this show fueled with their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, drawings, and high fives. Kylie from Rochester, New York, Zorro and Rio from Los Angeles, Kiko from Springfield, Illinois, Eve from Oakland, California, Levi from Portland, Oregon, Oliver from Kansas City, Missouri, Sai from Arcata, California, Jonah from Mountain View, California, Alex and Isaac from Wailuku, Hawaii, Hanbaum from Yosu, South Korea, Cheyenne from Berlin, Germany, Elliot from Sheffield, United Kingdom, Charlie, Amy, Heath and Oliver from Dallas, Texas, Olivia and Graham from Berkeley, California, Gabe from Lincoln, Nebraska, Skylar from Pensacola, Florida, Brecken from Sparta, Illinois, Katie from Hendersonville, North Carolina, 
Isabel from Bina, Australia, Callum from Richmond, Virginia, Jade from Farmington, Minnesota, Luann from Singapore, Gigi and Layla from Victoria, Minnesota, Anna from Brush, Colorado, Brian from San Antonio, Texas, Colton from Rhoda, Spain, Zelly from Kingman, Kansas, Amelia from Chicago, Ahana from Seattle, Cyrus and Satori from Austin, Texas, Lily from Knoxville, Tennessee, Eva from West Lynn, Anna from Quilcene, Washington, Stella from Melbourne, Australia, Charlie from Essex, United Kingdom, Lucia from Germany, Ainsley from Bloomington, Indiana, Lucas and Ella from Centerville, Ohio, Carson and Cameron from Rancho Santa Margarita, California, Grace from Springfield, Missouri, Evelyn from Madison, Wisconsin, Kendall from Sarnia, Ontario, Roisin and Cormac from Dublin, Ireland, Ezekiel from Sacramento, California, London from Stockton, California, Charlotte from Lincoln, Nebraska, Liam and Finn from Minneapolis, Shay from Austin, Texas, Sam from Tennessee, Ben and Josh from Vancouver, Jack O'Dee from Indianapolis, Alyssa from Waynesburg, Pennsylvania, Josh from Eagle River, Wisconsin, Jack from Australia, Mahin from Chicago, Reuben from Bletchley, United Kingdom, Ben from Raleigh, North Carolina, Patrick from Oak Park, Illinois, Helen and Maude from Brooklyn, New York, Towns, Althea and Woody from Golden, Colorado, Dylan from Renton, Washington, Luke and Lila from Texas, Jason from Chicago, May from Fairbanks, Alaska, and Abby and Weston from Dana Point, California. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.